Welcome into this Five Clubs conversation. We are joined today by one of the great stars in golf, Justin Thomas, a winner of two majors, most recently the 2022 PGA Championship, and a two-time Ryder Cup member, a partner of Tiger Woods in the President's Cup. We're grateful that Justin Thomas is joining us. Well, Justin, can't thank you enough for joining this Five Clubs conversation. Let me start off by asking you, what was the better feeling and the better celebration? Your first PGA Championship or your second? Um, As weird as it is, I think that the second PGA Championship was a better feeling. Um, I definitely had more better celebrations for the first one, but we, we still have a lot of year left. Uh, I'll probably wait till the off season to celebrate a little better. Well, what'd this celebration look like uh, uh, in the first one? Uh, the first one, I mean, it's, it was very similar in terms of night of to where you don't do anything like you do. I mean, I had probably three or so hours of media um, and flew home. I was exhausted. Um, so, but I, in the off season, I had some fun. I was able to take the Wanamaker to Tuscaloosa for an Alabama game. Uh, you know, took it home, the trophy home, was able to, you know, drink out of it with some buddies. I actually did that a couple weeks ago, so that was nice to do again. But, uh, yeah, you just kind of do some stuff here and there. Well, you've won so many tournaments. What's the difference in the feeling of winning a, a PGA Tour event versus winning a major? Yeah, it is. It's quite a bit different. And just the um, – it just the sense, I think it's so easy to put so much more pressure on yourself in a major, just with there only being four a year. And like, you know, the, how life-changing they are, you know, it, it puts you in the history books. It's, it's what all of us play golf for. So I think when, at least I know in times when I get there, when people get there, it's just, you, you want it so much more, especially once you come toward the, you know, near like the end of the year, end of the season, you know, now it's like we had the U S open now we have one left and we're not and we're done until april again so you just want them so bad that it it makes it even harder and i think that's why you see you know the a a very select i guess handful of guys that always kind of seem to make their way up to the top because everybody else does most of the work for them well golf is such a, a difficult game uh it can be physically but certainly mentally for a for a week and, and you guys travel so much you're almost like traveling salespeople in the amount of time you're away in, in a, a regular week when do you arrive at a tournament and what is your off time like when you're not on the course preparing or at the range yeah so i i'd say usually we'll get there like a monday night kind of thing monday afternoon um it's obviously it differs in terms of coming off of an off week versus playing back-to-back weeks um depending where you're going or just the setup of where you're at uh, i mean we rent houses a lot um that i'll share with share with guys or or whatnot but i'll you know, if I'm playing that week before, I'll get in Sunday night, maybe Monday morning. But if when you get in Monday, it's it, kind of use that Monday as a travel day, recover, just kind of rest and and whatnot. But um, I'm usually a pretty early riser. I don't sleep in, so because of that, I go to bed early. And uh, those Tuesday, Wednesdays, I like to get up pretty early and get my work done. 
um, you know, hopefully by noon, one o'clock, something like that. Uh, sometimes I'll play nine in the afternoon, but then we have the program on Wednesday and, you know, I'm, I'm balancing, you know, I want to see my physio to kind of get some treatment maybe beforehand or just make sure I'm loosened up and then I'll go practice, go play nine, have lunch and then go see physio again, maybe work out in the afternoon. So it's, I think a lot of it is, it's, uh, it's very time management, you know, cause it's, um, it's very easy to sit out there for a long time and just wear yourself out and, I'd probably become a lot better at, at more uh, quality versus quantity when it comes to practice. So it's just not necessarily a certain time frame, um, but just kind of work until I feel like I got that when I needed to. How about during the week? How do you unwind in your off time? Like, What do you do to, to recharge or to get away from thinking about golf all the time? Just relax. Uh, I mean, I'm my, my fiance and my dog will, will come with us quite a bit. Like I said, we'll share houses with uh, with the Spies quite a bit, and they have a little one. So Sammy, uh, their baby, keeps us pretty entertained uh, in the afternoons and the evenings. But um, no, nah, it, it's just it's just watching TV, watching movies. You know, if we if we're in a, a a place that's got some cool surroundings or whatnot, whether it's the beach or dog park, something like that, like just like you said, you just, it's such a grind and we're around golf so much that the opportunities that you have away from it, you almost kind of, or I feel like I almost need to like separate the two of like when I'm on the golf course, maybe I'm, I'm JT, I'm the golfer, but then when I'm away, I need to be a different person um, and use that time to unwind. Well, who, who are some of the guys you mentioned, Jordan Spieth, who are some of the guys you've shared, shared housing with for tournaments? Uh, so we, we share with uh, Ricky and, and his family a good bit. Um, I mean, it's, I'm at a, at that stage of my life where all my friends are having babies now. So the, uh, the, the, uh, the house sharing situation has changed a little bit because of, uh, you know, having rooms for the kids and then if, if some of them have nannies or whatever. So it's, uh, the, um, the, the Rolodex of players has, has shrunk, but, uh, like to stay with Duff a good bit. Um, I mean, share with, with, Patrick Cantlay, some Kevin Kisner, a couple times. I mean, it's it's not really. I mean, it works out well in terms of an expense, like you're you're splitting a house or whatever. But it's it's. I feel like we do it more for just the the hang. You know what I mean? Like it's such a grind, and and for us to kind of come back and just hang out and and just you know be dudes is uh it makes it the weeks a lot more enjoyable. All right, who's the messiest roommate? Hmm. I mean, it's, I can't, I don't really even think I can say any because for the most part, their wives are coming with them. And if, if they leave stuff behind, they, they're picking up after them. So they don't even give them the opportunity to, to be messy. Well, if, if you can't name one, that probably means it's you. <laughs> That's a good point. Are you, That's are you, point. are you clean or messy? I, I'm clean. I'm, I'm organized. Um, I, I just, I like stuff, you know, I'm kind of one of those guys for for the most part, when I get there, I like to unpack right away and kind of get everything very organized and in particular and where it's at. Um, I mean, my fiance might say differently. I would like to say I'm pretty clean, but I would just say like anything, it just goes in spurts. How about, how about cooking? Who cooks or, or do you guys just have, have things brought in or cook for you? We we're very lucky where uh, this, the chef who is a chef at a, a Floridian, of course, down here, um, he was there for a long time and we got to know him through that. He's from England and originally started, we bring him over to the, the open championship. 
because um, you know, love love Scotland, Ireland, England, but the food isn't exactly uh, the best over there. So, you know, we brought him in the sense of making it a little easier for us and just you know being able to to eat some stuff that we like and he knows his way around the the uk a little better than we do and then he stopped working at the floridian and it just worked out to the sake of, of we could use him a little more so we bring him on the road quite a bit and and i mean he's he's more of a friend than he is someone who works for us so we enjoy hanging with him and um we're very lucky i mean if they don't then the girls will sometimes cook i know my fiance is a great cook Allison, Ricky's wife, is an unbelievable cook. Same with with Jordan's wife. So um, we're very lucky. If we don't have them, then we have the girls to look out for us. Now, you mentioned Jordan's baby. Uh, have you changed a diaper for him yet? You know, I haven't. I'm really putting that off as long as I can. Um, I figured that time, when that time comes for me, that can be my first. But until then, um, I, I'm just, I'm not into that. <laughs> now, have you, you mentioned you're you're engaged. And so when you get married... Have you uh, have you figured out things you might have to change uh, to cohabitate and make it work out? Um, yeah, I mean, I know I'm going to. It's just a part of life, and I think that's that's something. Honestly, it took me a little bit of growing up uh, just to realize. You know, I think it's easy, especially in the game of golf, just to being such an individual sport and being so independent that you you constantly you quite often do what's best for you. Um, it just, because it's, it's just kind of how, you know, it's how the game is in terms of, I need to go out and practice and make sure I'm ready for this. And it's like, look, I, I miss a lot of my friends, weddings, a lot of my friends, parties, a lot of opportunities being able to hang out and do cool things. But it's like, to me, golf is my, it's my life and I take it very seriously and I want to be great at it. And, but at the same time, I understand I'm going to have to adjust and things are going to change. But it, it goes back to what I said earlier, where I'm just going to, it'll be a lot more of a quality kind of practice sort of thing to where I'll, you know, I'll do what I need to do to be the best husband first. And, um, and then, uh, but the golf is, is always going to, Jill knows that that's why we get along so well as she knows that golf is very important to me. And, uh, and me playing good golf is probably going to equal a happier Justin. <laughs> well, my biggest adjustment was one bathroom habits and two pillows on the bed. I don't understand pillows on the bed, but I stopped complaining about it after the first year. Yeah, man, the pillow. Th I I'm with you on the pillow thing. It's um, it's a lot, and I'm not a. I mean, this probably isn't going to help my my case for the whole clean messiness thing but like the whole and making the bed i mean like jill's been gone this weekend like i'm not making the bed i'm gonna get back in it at night or in the afternoon so like what's the point of me making it so i gotta redo it and 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 all the pillows like i'm definitely not gonna do that so figure it's just best to kind of have them organized and where they would be when she likes it and then uh maybe i'll make it before she comes home <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not into taking 20 pillows off the bed before i go to bed i, I can't figure that out but i let it go pretty mm -hmm. quickly so you grew up the, the son of a, a PGA professional, and obviously your dad, Mike, has been very influential on your, your golf career, getting started in golf, all that. W what influence was your mom? My mom was a massive influence. I mean, she, uh, she used to took me to all my tournaments. My dad was busy, you know, being a, a head pro and then working for the PGA. He was gone, traveling a lot for that. So uh, my mom and I have spent um, – I can't even fathom the amount of time we've spent together in a car driving to Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, 
Tennessee, you know, all these kind of places in the Midwest that I played a lot of junior tournaments. And, and then once the amateur circuit started, you know, driving to Alabama, driving to Florida, driving that, it just, it just, it's what, what we did. And I was very lucky to have an extremely great support system in both my parents, but my mom has, uh, she has logged a lot of miles walked on a golf course and she's seen a lot of golf shots. <laughs> How were your parents when you were coming up in the junior circuit and being really competitive when you would play a tournament? Did you get a lot of feedback or were your parents more supportive and good job, Justin, and, and left you alone to do your thing? They're very, very supportive and, um, and just kind of let me do my thing. I think, I mean, you see it all the time in sports and it's, it's sad and it's a bummer to see. And I, and I, again, I'm not at that stage in my life, so I don't know what it is, but obviously you want what's best for your, your child. So you're basically just how involved the parents get sometimes and how hard they are. It's not like, you know, this 10 year old wasn't trying to shoot whatever he shot that day. He, he wasn't trying to make a triple, but he or she wasn't trying to make a triple bogey on that hole. It's just, that's what happened. So it's, and I think they saw how hard some parents were on their, their child, their children. And um, they knew that they didn't want to do that to me. And they were, they were always very, they made it very well known that they're going to love me the same if I shoot 67 or 77. And honestly, that's probably a big reason why I kept playing because they made it fun, made it enjoyable. And I wanted to do it. I, I never felt like I was doing it because they wanted me to do it. I was doing it because I wanted to do it. I remember your college coach saying that, one of the things your dad did for you was make playing the most important thing rather than, you know, technique, banging mm -hmm. balls all the time that, that he wanted you to play and you were more focused on, on playing. Can you, can you expound upon that and why that's important? Yeah, it is. And I think it's a lot of it is, I mean, with my dad being, being busy working all day, I mean, I did, I spent a lot of time hitting balls and a lot of time, you know, just chipping and putting just because I would kind of do that while he would work. And then we'd go play nine holes at seven or eight o'clock when he was done with work before dinner kind of thing. But yeah, once I, once I was kind of basically old enough to go out on my own somewhat, you know, or I'd go out and play with friends at the club or, or whatever it may, or I'd go play by myself at some point, but it's just how you learn to score. You learn to compete, um, challenge myself. I mean, I, I remember, I thought one of the best things my dad did for me is, is kind of advised that I play the back tees with him or the men's tees. And I was not near long enough to be able to do that, but it taught me how to score. It taught me how to get the ball in the hole. It taught me how to manage my way around a golf course. And I feel like that was just so big. I mean, it, I wasn't hitting greens of regulation. I wasn't able to reach but half the holes. So it just put an emphasis on learning how to play golf uh, as opposed to golf swing, like you said. You remember the first time you beat your dad? I don't. Neither one of us do. It's it's pretty sad, but uh, <laughs> might be the only father son playing golf combo that doesn't remember that. But neither one of us do. So it wasn't that big of a deal for you? Apparently not. You would think I would remember it. And as competitive as we were, and as much as we played, um, or maybe my dad knows and he just doesn't want to tell me. Maybe that could be what it is too. <laughs> Well, you mentioned competitive and you're clearly very competitive. Was there ever a time when you were coming up in the game where your competitive nature got the best of you and you had to figure out how to manage it? Uh, like in terms of making a fool out of myself kind of thing? Well, not or, so much uh, that, but just what, you yeah. know, that'd be a good story too, if you got one of those, but 
but just the idea that that trying to get out of your own way and let stuff let stuff go that you wanted in order to to you know become a better player sure. become a better winner i would i would say that that kind of stuff happened more so at the professional level i was very fortunate to be very successful and win a lot of junior tournaments and i mean you know, no offense to Kentucky, but the, the depth of golfers in Kentucky is a little different than Florida or Texas or California. So it was like I was, you know, I was playing against three or four kids pretty much each week or, or each tournament. And then, you know, I started playing in some international stuff and I was still doing well and winning there. So it's it almost like it was it definitely became a norm for me and felt like I should do that. But then obviously, once you go to a higher level, it becomes harder to win. And I think expecting more out of, I mean, there's nothing wrong with expecting a lot out of yourself. I just think that, um, being realistic though, at the same time and I, and, and playing, wanting to win all these tournaments and almost trying too hard, definitely got in my own way. But, uh, I did, <laughs> but I did in a junior tournament finish second and I uh, refused to go up and get the uh, trophy. Uh, my, my mom was not very happy with me about that. <laughs> Is there a difference, Justin, in between knowing how to play at the highest level and knowing how to win? And, and have you been able to identify some of the, the reasons why, if there is? A hundred percent. There's a, I think, win consistently or win more than, you know, a handful of times or whatever. Yes. Like you, you can, you can get fortunate. And obviously you still have to do a lot of right things and you have to and hit the right shots, make the putts, whatever to win once or twice. But in my opinion, win four, five, six plus times, you clearly know how to do something or, or, you know, the right things to do. Um, and I, there's a lot of guys on tour that are, that are extremely talented, extremely good players, but just haven't necessarily won at the highest level yet to to know what to do, or I, I should say know what not to do. And I think that was the biggest thing for me is, um, is figuring out what not to do. Uh, I think I always tried to do more than I needed to, when in reality, it's like, I should just have trust and faith in my own abilities and games where I should just go play golf and let it happen as opposed to trying to make it happen. Um, and there's definitely times where you have to take, shots on or you have to maybe be a little bit more aggressive to try to make something happen but for the most part i've just tried to get into a just go play golf and and hopefully find yourself there and, and see what happens aside from trying to pull off the hero shot as opposed to the the safe shot what's an example of what not to do that you've eliminated um I think it the middle the middle of rounds is so important. I mean, they're obviously it's all important on on a Sunday or over the course of the week. But I think it's very easy, and I've what I've gotten better at is you know being maybe like on a Sunday being like three back on like number seven or eight, and then you're looking at it, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I got to make like six birdies coming in to have a chance, and it's like no, like it, it's a big difference of being three back. And in, in third or fourth place and being three back and in like 11th place. I mean, if you only have a couple, like that was what I had going for me at the PGA. I was seven back, but I only had five guys or, or something in front of me. So, or six guys, whatever it was. So I, I just, it's just a lot of averages. Like everybody's not going to play well. And that, like, I hate to give Brooks credit, but his interview a couple of years ago was, was pretty spot on about majors about, 
you know, you, you're just trying to kind of beat 25, 30 guys each major each week um, because the rest just kind of takes care of itself, if you will. And I've been in that group of or that majority of people that have taken care of themselves, being putting themselves out of the tournament. But I like to hope I've been there enough now to where I can stop doing that. <laughs> In coming up through junior golf and through college, I mean, so many of there's so many great players, and so few of you make it on the PGA Tour. It's really remarkable when you consider just the accomplishment of playing on tour. Is there a player or players that you coming up uh, through college had a had a tough time beating or couldn't beat that didn't make it that really surprised you? Saying, "Man, this guy should be up with us." Yeah, I mean, two of my teammates, my college teammates, Corey Whitsett and Bobby Wyatt, were two of the best players in the world. Um, yeah, I mean, Bobby Wyatt shot 57 in the state junior in Alabama. Corey Whitsett won the, the state junior, won all these big amateur tournaments and junior tournaments. I mean, they were they were 100, they were can't miss 100. percent And it was like, uh, it it wasn't, you know, are they going to play on tour? It's how many times were they going to win and how many years were they going to play on tour? And I mean, they, 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 you know, it just, the golf happened. Uh, you know, they had a couple, a couple bad years and they both, Bobby, I had his card for a year. Um, Corey played and played in some handful of events and, and got some sponsor exemptions and, and, you know, went through the corn ferry a little bit, but it's just one of those things where they, you know, they, they didn't necessarily play well in Q school and a couple of times when they needed to, and then all of a sudden, the doubt, the, the self-belief goes away. And, um, and now, I mean, they both have, have not played professional golf for, for two or three years now they've stopped at least. And it just was like, they're not, they didn't enjoy it. They didn't, it, it wasn't the same anymore and they weren't having the success. And it was just like, why be miserable trying to do this when I could be happy doing something else. But those, those two guys were really, really good. Uh, I, I was, I was shocked to see that. When you're playing in a tournament, you, you, the pairing that you have, if you're playing with somebody you really like and know really well, uh, do you think you play better or would you rather play with somebody you don't care for and don't know that well? What, what, what was, what's the preference there? It's very tough. And I, I don't, I'm not super one way. I mean, I definitely would rather play with someone I like to play with and someone I don't like to play with. Like people you don't like to play with to me, like it's, it's, it's not that fun because there's a reason you don't like to play with them. It's either because <laughs> they're, they're slow or they're just annoying or whatever it is. And um, so, yeah, I, I never want to play with someone I don't like playing with. I'm, I'm fine with like a kind of an in-between, you know, I've won, I've won tournaments not really knowing or talking to the guy I play with on Sunday that much, just because you, sometimes you can get in your own little zone and, and just, go about your business but um but i've had some really good rounds with some friends too so i think i think friends is probably better as long as you know how to handle it and not get too unfocused kind of thing is it better to play with with someone who's knocking pins down and having their best day or or what happens when you're playing with somebody who's not playing well does that affect you there's definitely a, a thing uh about like, you know, group momentum or, or just, or, or lack of, and I think you'd rather be playing with someone that's playing well because you can kind of feed off of it and, and maybe get something going yourself. But 
I mean, there's nothing worse than when you're in a threesome the first two days and like all of you are over par through 10 or 11 holes and you're looking at each other like this sucks. Like, what are we doing? Like, let's, I mean, the crowd, like people are starting to leave. They're like, I'm, I've had enough watching these guys just chop it around here. And it's like, you're hitting it close. You can't make a putt and the lid just won't go off the hole for any of you guys. And uh, that's a pretty helpless feeling. <laughs> all right. You've got a lot of friends on tour. Uh, I have to think there are some practical jokes that go on. Uh, give, give me the best practical joke you've played or has been played on you since you've been on tour. Hmm. Um, Jordan had my car uh, not towed, but moved from a parking lot my rookie year. That was a pretty good one because um, I parked in his parking spot at the uh at the phoenix open how long did it take um, you to find it well he was playing i mean it was very it was it was brutal because he was in a pro-am so he didn't have his phone so like i'm stuck i'm like dude i get that it's funny and everything but like i gotta go home like this is miserable so that kind of pissed me off that one actually did but um the thing about him is i can't really prank him anymore because he overreacts like that and he'll go like so far over the top the other way so it's just you can't you can't really do it um did you ever get Tiger's him kind of well i did something to him first i forget what it was and that's what he got me back and tiger is the same way you can't prank him because like he had these we used to work with the same physio and he was i was waiting for him on the table and he had just some slides you know like some not flip-flops but just the sandals and it was sitting his were sitting there on the table while he was getting treatment and i was sitting there waiting for him to finish and i grabbed his, his slide and um whatever he just had these nike slides and i just put like you know two tiger thanks for being my biggest fan and i signed it and uh <laughs> and then the next day when i got done with my round i had shaving cream in all of my shoes <laughs> so i was like that's nice i mean i'll i literally just signed one of your slides that you can get countless amounts on for free and you put shaving cream and ruined all of my shoes like that does not seem like a fair trade at all <laughs> yeah, it sounds like mutual assured destruction yes speaking of tiger why did your partnership with tiger woods work so well in the president's cup uh well it definitely worked for one because he was playing some of the best golf i've seen him play so that was uh, i definitely rode my horse that first day in the best ball but um i don't know i mean we 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 get along we have very similar um I guess ways of kind of going about things or thinking about things. Uh, I mean, obviously he's been very helpful to me and, and, and just trying to better myself and, and my game and everything. But uh, I don't know. It just, we kind of talked about it and, and it just, it made sense. And, you know, we felt like with our, both of our strengths matching up or kind of filling in the pieces of the other person. Um, and we're both really competitive. So I think uh, it was definitely just a good good combination of, of a bunch of different things. When you play in a President's Cup or especially the Ryder Cup, which seems like it's, it, it has a different aura to it, do, do you get nervous in those situations? Oh, yeah. I, I think it's it, it kind of like uh, wanes off a little bit. I mean, the first tee shot of a team event is – so nerve-wracking it's it truly is and you have so much adrenaline and it's like you can hear a pin drop i mean it's it's crazy but um and then as you as you play like anything you kind of get comfortable and you get going and it's just uh then it's you know you, you're playing 
I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's just, it's such an exciting and it, and it amazing feeling and it goes so fast. And then like you're, I mean, I've had times where, you know, you have a 36 whole day and you're just, you're going nonstop and you're just so jacked up and like you're laying in bed and I'm just staring at this, like my adrenaline just won't wear off kind of thing. So it is, uh, it's such a unique and incredible week. Uh, both those team events are. When you're playing in the Ryder Cup, there seems to be uh, this this narrative out there that the Europeans get along better than the Americans do, and that's why they have success. Do, do you see, after having been through it a couple times, do you see anything there? Is there is there any truth to that? I don't know. I, I think it's, I mean, one thing that I 100% think that they have going for them is, I mean, look at their team has been very similar over the last 20 years, you know? Uh, and I mean, that's, a, that's a big deal. They, they, they just, they, the camaraderie, it's just, they understand the team and not that we don't. And I think that's what this kind of new group of young guys is, is great at is that we, we understand it's, it's team first. It's, it's not individuals first. It doesn't matter about you. You win as a team, you lose as a team, you know, it's your, your buddies out there that you're going to battle with and you're, you're going to do everything you can to go get a point. And then when it's done, you're going to be there for them and they'll be there for you kind of thing. And it is very unique and very tough to sometimes flip the switch of going from individual nonstop for every week of the year. And then one year or one week, you know, we got to get into that team and mindset and aspect, but um, like anything, I just think it's easier for some and harder for others, but uh, I thought we did a pretty good job of it. Uh, last fall. Yeah, I would say so. So more nerve wracking being Tiger Woods partner, being Nick Saban's partner in a match. Oh, um, probably Tiger's partner, because I know that if I'm playing in the game with coach Saban, we pretty much have that thing won before we start. (laughs) (laughs) Is that more picking the opponent or him picking you as his partner? Um, it's it's a mixture of things. I mean, we're always partners, but I think we're going to make sure that the the strokes align and who we're playing with. I mean, I'd also like to think that the people he plays with, I should be able to beat anyway. So, um, we we have a pretty good track record. I'll say that. Well, he one he is a great guy, but mm-hmm. he still scares the shit out of me. Like, does, does oh, he yeah. does he frighten you? I don't know if frightens the right word, and I don't know why I've gotten past that point, but um. Yeah, there's just, you know, he's just one of those guys, you know, that where it's just whenever he's talking, you, you stop what you're doing and you listen because it's just, you know, it is. I remember asking him some things last year when we were on a trip together and it's just, you know, that you start getting into it. I'm just like, coach, coach, you're good. Like, it's this isn't a press conference. Like, it's just me. We're fine. What, have you learned anything from Nick Saban that you've applied to your, your golf career? Absolutely. I think the, I mean, obviously he's so process oriented and so in the moment oriented and that's something I'm trying to get, get better at and continue to get better at. But it's the hardest thing for me to do is when you go to a tournament and you know, it doesn't, hasn't happened often, but you're the favorite to win or you feel, or everybody feels like you should win kind of thing. And it's so unique for them because every single football game they play, they should win and they're expected to win. And getting those guys, getting 17, 18, 19-year-old kids to be on board with they still have to work hard and be disciplined and and outplay the opponent when they're superior to the other team, like, that's just so hard. And, 
he doesn't get I don't think he gets enough credit for that I mean he gets a lot of credit uh, don't get me wrong but just to get kids at that age on that mindset and to be on board with that whole process thing um I mean I think of what he says all the time of be where your feet are I think of that a lot on the golf course because there's nothing I can do you know about anything I did previously or ahead of me or other holes or what's going on with other guys I can only control what's going on at that moment yeah be where your feet are is great as long as there's no shaving cream in your shoes that's uh, a very good point so we'll get you out of here on this one the the five questions that I stole from from Gary Williams uh, I saw you tweeting the uh, KPMG tournament the women's women's mm-hmm. championship uh, if you could have trade swings with any women's golfer wh- which would you choose and there are some really, really good swings. I mean, the the Corda sisters are both really good, and I can't pick one of them because the other one will get mad. So, uh, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with a, a combination of a Jess and, and Nelly. Maybe I'll take I'll take Jess's power with Nelly's accuracy, maybe to make both of them happy. Yeah, mine mine would be any of them, but Nelly Corda would be would be number one on the list. All right, your favorite toy as a child. Legos. I love Legos. When did you give them up? Like sophomore year at Alabama? Yeah, just a couple of years ago, really. <laughs> what would you build? Do you build anything Im- impressive? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, I was just more of like, a, you know, tear it apart, build it back up kind of thing. I didn't, yeah, I didn't have any of the ones that, you know, would take me six months and was like the size of, you know, a table. Um, it's probably more so my parents were probably smart in doing that because they knew that was going to be a nightmare. So they, they would kind of stick to the, you know, maybe the, the couple of day projects. Yeah. My, my go-to was a big wheel as a kid. Um, so favorite thing to binge watch or the last thing you binge watch, I should say. Um, favorite thing to binge watch. That's very, very mood dependent. I would say, um, I'm I'm trying to catch up on Peaky Blinders right now. I'm on I I haven't watched the uh, the new season yet, so I'll uh, I got to catch up on that. You go subtitles with it or not? Yeah, I have to. <laughs> Favorite thing to eat that's not on your your chef's list uh, to keep you healthy? Uh, well, favorite thing to eat and. Favorite thing to eat to keep me healthy? No, no, no. That, that's not to keep you healthy. I want to go off the board on oh, this okay. one. Stuff you're not supposed. I mean, favorite thing you're not supposed to eat. I love pizza. I mean, pizza is just so. Pizza and Mexican food, I can live off of for sure. What's, I just like food. What's your go-to pizza? Uh, I mean, any kind of meat pizza. I'm not like a weird, you know, toppings. Um, but I, I'm. I, I used to, I mean, I'll eat cheese, but like I got to have some kind of topping on it. I mean, a good pepperoni or a good meatball pizza is pretty tough to beat. If you couldn't play golf, what other sport would you want to pursue to the highest level? I mean, it'd be a pretty, pretty short pursuing time because I'm just not going to be good at anything else. Uh, I mean, I, I like basketball a lot. I could never play remotely close to professional level. I played in middle school. Um, I liked it. I just, I don't know. I, that was probably the, the sport that I liked the most, but I think baseball, I could, I could maybe give a shot. Um, did you play I other sports growing up? I played like, you know, all the stereotypical sports that little kids play. You know, I played some indoor soccer, I played some, some T-ball. I played, I actually, I never played football because I mean, look at me, why would I play football? So, um, I'll, I'll go with baseball. 
Well, Justin, can't thank you enough for joining us on this Five Clubs conversation. Congratulations on all the success and, and more success in the future. Thank you, dude. Always good talking to you. Appreciate Justin Thomas taking the time to join us on this Five Clubs conversation and appreciate you taking the time to join us. We'll see you next time.